welcome to There Are Other Ways, conversations about living life a little differently. This is a podcast for anyone keen to explore a less well-trodden path in life. I'm Fiona Barrows, a business mentor who helps creatives make their online businesses quite simply work. Um, Hello everyone. This is a little strange, as I haven't recorded one of these in a long time. Um, As it has been a while, I'm not really sure if anyone's going to be listening to this, um, but never mind. Um, And if you are, then just thank you so much for sticking around. I really, really do appreciate it. So this season, I toyed with the idea of doing solo episodes alongside these interviews, as I'd love to talk through the ways in which you can build a business a little differently, specifically. But I recorded these interviews first, and I'm just so excited for you to hear them that I decided against it this season. However, I have been recording an IGTV series about just this. So please do follow me over on Instagram, I'm at fbarrows, if you're interested in hearing my thoughts and ideas on how we can build sustainable, intentional businesses rooted in community and creativity without being super salesy or giving into the hustle. The first episode will launch on Friday. Right, on to this week's episode. And it is with a client of mine, Sarah Mason. Sarah and her wife and business partner Susie and their little girl Olive have been clients of mine for quite a while and she was top of my list for this series and I think once you listen to her you'll understand why. We chatted about photography mainly as Sarah is an amazing photographer and filmmaker including how she got into photography, how their business has diversified and developed over the years, the role of Instagram and what it is she's trying to capture, namely the feeling of home. I love this conversation so much and I really hope you will too. So here we go. Hi Sarah. Hello Fiona. <laughs> how are you? I'm, I'm all right actually, are you? I am good. I am in my pod fort, um, <laughs> which is uh, which is very cosy, and I'm quite pleased that the temperature has dropped today. Um, so you haven't got feet in a bucket. Sadly, not today. Um, it, yeah, it's been really intensely hot, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been very muggy. We've been waiting for a storm to pass on through, so we can clean the air, as my mum would say, clear it and clean it. Exactly. Do you have Do you have a cup of tea with you? I do. Can I? There you go. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> I'm chinking my cup at you. <laughs> Thank you. I will ch- I've got obviously got coffee. I did think I did have a moment of thinking I'm talking to Sarah. I should probably have a cup of tea. Mm. Um, and then I thought, you no, got I don't coffee. like tea. I was oh. I, yeah. I was like, I like I like coffee. See, um, oh, Fiona. I don't know what to say. <laughs> this is this is the one thing that we don't agree on: the coffee tea. <laughs> it is absolutely. It is the it is a fissure in our. You're on the dark side, and I'm going to bring you over to the light side. To the tea. To the right side, yeah. Yeah. So we should probably start by explaining um, how we know each other mm-hmm. and um, what our working relationship is, because you um, and um, Susie have been clients of mine since when? February last year. I think it was March February last year. year. You wrote a, a news. Well, we'd been, you know, we'd been stalking you for a while. We've been following you, Thanks. and then you sent out a little newsletter and something in that just spoke to us and and then we set up um a chat didn't we and yeah. clicked and the rest is history as they say and but you've really helped us over the last year and this year uh, oh, as well really giving us focus to the business thank you i i just adore working with you both with well with all three of you um and we had, yeah, you had a little... olive does have an active role doesn't she in our <laughs> conversations sometimes <laughs> she does <laughs> which i appreciate um but you guys had like a little break at the beginning of the year and then you sent me a message mm. in summer i think sometime at the beginning of the summer saying you wanted to work yeah. with me again and i did a little dance when i got the message oh what kind um, of little dance was it was it kind of more river dance or it was a jig that... i would say oh, a jig okay yeah yeah i like that well yeah because i think we'd we'd the big, I think, you know, lockdown has brought up a lot of things for us. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, I'm sure we'll, we'll probably talk about it, but we, we're mentor people as well. Mm. And in those conversations at the beginning of lockdown, it was, it was bringing up a lot for us about our own business. And we felt um, it was the right time to kind of reassess where we might be heading and a couple of little tweaks that we wanted to make. But actually, those couple of little tweaks have turned into something 
a bit bigger for us while we've been working with you so yeah you've made us realize a lot about our business over the summer it's been great oh thank you and i'm just so excited to see what you do next and i'm really excited to have this conversation and find out a bit more kind of fill in the gaps because there's quite a lot of stuff that i don't know um yeah i'm excited to talk about it okay okay well let's get started then so for anyone who hasn't come across you guys um online do you want to say a little bit about who you are and what you do Sure, um, yeah. Um, so I'm Sarah. Um, for the past um, 11 years now, along with my partner, my wife, Susie, um, we've been running our filmmaking and photography business. Um, we've been working with brands and families. We have also in the past done weddings, but um, we're kind of just concentrating on the, the brands and the families now. Um, and we also run workshops and uh, mentoring programs. And I guess, you know, over these 11 years that the business has really evolved and changed um, and we're always open to that. Mm. Um, and at the heart of it, you know, that word storyteller gets banded about quite a lot, but I guess at the heart of our business really is uh, people's stories, including our own. You know, we like to share our, our processes and our, our stories along, along with it. Um, and people's stories, whether they're in families or brands, uh, that really drives us to do what we do. Yeah, and it's reflected in your incredible photography as well. Mm, thank um, you. So how did you get into photography? How did it all start? Ooh, right, so um, funnily enough, I did a post about this on Instagram uh, a few days ago. So a big influence in my photography was my granddad. Hmm. He was an amazing photographer. He was um, a chemist and an optician. Um, so he had kind of that scientific kind of background. But his creative side uh, very much came out in his photography. And the way he documented my mum's life, you know, growing up. My mum has um, three brothers and a sister. And the way he documented their life um, in the photographs that my mum cherishes to this day, you know, I can always remember going to their house and the, the, you know, to my grandma and granddad's house and the photographs of the family on the wall. And it really affected me um, that I loved the way he documented that life uh, mm. in the 50s and 60s. So he was, he's always been a big influence. And I got my first, very first camera, I think, when I was about 10 or 11 one Christmas and it was just one of the you know little automatic ones a little Minolta and I remember going to grandma and granddad's house for Christmas dinner and taking my new present with me and me and granddad just kind of huddled in the corner while there was the big you know hullabaloo of the (laughs) turkey and all the trimmings everybody else doing everything in the kitchen and we were just kind of sat in the lounge and talking about photography and he was telling me all about his first cameras and and sharing his photographs so he's been a massive influence on my life uh, in yeah. general, but particularly with my photography. Um, so I've always kind of had had his photos at the heart of that um, and how he documented life. And you um, you have spoke, we've spoken before about sort of the tin that is passed around in yeah. your family. Yeah, the old quality street tin. So probably <laughs> from the it. 70s. <laughs> it's very gaudy, but it's a very beautiful, it's very, it's much loved and even down to the rust on the edges of the tin and the little dints in it now have their own story but yeah my mum my mum and dad keep our family photographs so me and my sister Katie growing up our photographs are in there but some of the ones of my my mum growing up are in there as well and they're all mixed up and that's kind of part of it you know the the mum mum keeps them this tin in the old pine dresser which has been in the family for a few years as well and it's that ritual that, you know, if we go over there for Sunday lunch, that me and my sister will say, oh, get the photos out. And it's not even about the photographs anymore, really. It's that kind of mm. ritual of mum going over to the dresser, um, getting the tin out, bringing it back. Like, she always has to hold it on her knee. None of us are allowed to, to hold it. And she <laughs> she passes, passes them out one by one. And we have a little laugh and a joke. And... And actually, the photographs of us when we were growing up, me and my sister, they're not brilliant. Mum and yeah. Dad would probably be the first ones to say they don't particularly have an artistic eye. But I love them. I cherish them so much. They are just snapshots. Um, 
and there's always ones where my dad's quite tall and my mom's quite small so inevitably there's a few shots where my dad's head isn't even on them and we always know where we get to those because mum lets out a little chortle and me and my sister look <laughs> at each other said oh it's one of the headless shots and it comes around so it's just it's that ritual uh, of sitting down you know the very ritual of having a Sunday lunch together then the photos come out that yeah. we we love it. it's very part of our our, our kind of family makeup I think that's so that's so key because I you know I've told you before that my mum has kept keeps photo albums mm. they're sort of these sort of like burgundy leather bound photo albums that she keeps and she's kept she's got I, I don't even know how many I think they're probably approaching 50 odd um sort of from when she met my dad um through my sisters mm. being born and then me and it's that sort of layering of memories that we get mm. when we look at them now because I a lot of the photos I can't remember um them being taken but I have like a memory of the photograph itself and I have a memory of us looking at it mm -hmm. together like as you say on like a Christmas day where like you know we're all sort of like sitting around the fire in the afternoon and one of us goes mm -hmm. over to the bookcase and gets it gets a photo album and starts looking through it and then you know that suddenly starts it all off and we sort of keep going yeah. and it's so layered isn't it you know when you're yeah. talking then I could I could kind of uh, hear the sound of the fire it's all the layers it's all the senses kind of come to life that, I guess that's what I'm trying to yeah. uh, achieve in my my photos and my films is that it's not just what's happening it's it's the senses that uh that are around you uh in that moment as well it's the smells it's the tastes mm. it's the feeling of the light on your you know your shoulder or, you know it's all those other things that make up um an element to a good photograph to me mm. um and so how did you um, start doing it professionally? Like, mm. how did it turn into a business? Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess I, 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 well, I didn't faff around, but, you know, I had, I had some good jobs and they were all kind of in the film or TV industry. And in my last job job, um, my grandma died and she left me a little bit of money um and i just got together with susie actually and we we were thinking about what we what we wanted to do with this money and i thought i i, I want to get a decent camera so we tootled into town we were in london at the moment uh, we were in london at that moment yeah and tootled into town and went into a camera shop and uh, bought this camera and that was it i was just in it again um this mad kind of furious love affair with this new DSLR and I just consumed everything I could I just bought all the magazines I, I you know I read all the articles I could about photography and um, poor Susie kind of had to put up with a lot of stand here do this do that <laughs> um you know the first first throws of a new relationship and she became kind of my my muse I guess um Aww. while I was trying to kind of figure out photography and it didn't you know I, I say this to people that we mentor it didn't actually come that naturally to me the, the the technology side of it the technical side of it didn't come that naturally um I always knew what I wanted to take but um I became quite frustrated with of how I couldn't actually get there technically to do it so it took a little bit of time for me to get there then I had that light bulb moment and the, te the technical side of it kind of fell into place and then I could play and, and, and be creative yeah it's so the, from that sorry Fiona, it, yeah. no, I was just gonna say it's a creative gap is it Ira Glass who talks about that says that like you get into a create into something creative because you have good taste and you know what you want to create mm. but it takes time to sort of close that gap in your skills yeah yeah that's so right and I think when I was first starting out as well I, I didn't really quite know what I wanted to take photos of and I was trying to do all this abstract stuff and landscape things and you know sunrises sunsets and it's only when I started putting people in my shots that something clicked as well um, pardon the pun but um, <laughs> it's like <laughs> people in within that landscape or within within their own um, place uh, that yeah the, I kind of get goosebumps thinking about it now it's like right th this is kind of my calling this is what I want to do and the job I was in at the time my boss um, was very kind and let me have some flexible working so on a Monday every day that was my creative day so me and my mm. camera would kind of go out and, and just 
I'd learned my craft. Um, and from then, um, kind of a, a bridged version of the story, we always wanted to move back. I'm from around here. I'm in West Yorkshire. I grew up in North Yorkshire. But we wanted to come up here um, and set up a business. Uh, I wasn't quite sure if it was going to be successful. But Susie, um, Susie's background is in admin. Um, and uh, she had a, um, what they call transfer. Yeah. So she supported us for the first year and a half as I was setting up um, and to see if it was a, a goer or not. And it slowly built from there. So we did a lot of different things for the business at that point. You know, we did weddings and we did families and we did brands and the, the various stories that I can tell you about all the things we did, passport photos and all the stuff oh, that, wow. I, you know, I can, oh, I've got a great story. Am I, I, I'll, I'll go no, into it. I'll give you, I'll, I'll, yeah, okay. So um, a few people have probably heard this, but there was one week where <clears throat> I was doing passport photos and I was taking photographs of somebody's guttering because they um, were having wrangles with their builder. So, um, so I took some photos of the guttering and they actually complained about the photos because they weren't quite what they expected. And I came back to Sue's and I was so disheartened. I was like, I don't think this is really what I want to be doing with my photography. I think I need to start saying no to a few things. So it, having, I learned a really valuable lesson in that point that actually, uh, yeah. You don't yes want to take photos of guttering? No. I don't know. It might be different now, <laughs> but, but I don't think so. But yeah, it was really, it's really interesting kind of that narrowing down of what we really want to do. Mm. Um, but I think you have to start off doing a lot of stuff in order to yeah. figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we did, we did weddings for quite a few years. So, you know, fa well, fairly recently, we, our last wedding that we photographed was in 2016. Okay. Um, and, you know we did really enjoy it we loved doing it you know being part of somebody's day in that way and mm. documenting it for them felt really special what we'd realized though that uh we really wanted to our heart really was in the the families and the and the brand uh photography and films we had just started to make films at that point so something needed to give we, it the, the, the business needed to breathe the weddings were taking up so much of our our time and energy, you know, our, our weekends were, were wedding. And mm. then during the week, we we're either editing wedding and then building up to the next wedding. And, and actually what we really wanted to be doing was, was documenting family life and, and working with artists and makers and documenting their, you know, their life as, as creators. So it was, it, again, it was a, a, we didn't want the weddings to leave a bitter taste in our mouth um, because, you know, we wanted to do the best for our, our couples um but it they were uh, energy and time zapping so yeah we we kind of laid laid them to to rest um uh, a few years ago i think that's one of the incredible things about your business though is the fact that you have let it and encouraged it to sort of evolve and change as you guys have evolved yeah. and changed it's really funny i was thinking about that uh last night that we've always come from a place of being curious and we're always listening to uh, what the business wants to try. Mm. Um, you know, it kind of, we're always listening. We're always curious. You know, these, some ideas kind of come to me in the bath or when I'm going out for a walk and I need to honor them. You know, we need to kind of um, really be prepared to experiment. And it was really hard to say no to weddings because financially that was our security. You know, we knew that they were coming up a year in advance or eight months in advance. Mm. Whereas bookings with um, families and brand work might come a month or two months in advance at, at tops probably. It's usually a few weeks. But it's amazing when we gave space to, when we stopped the weddings, what space that gave us and actually uh, what work came after uh, giving up the weddings but yeah we're always we're always open to we never want to stay still and I don't know if that's a, a me thing I'm always kind of maybe pushing myself creatively but it's always about listening to what the the business wants you know we, we call our, our business our first child and it is sometimes it needs nurturing and nourishing sometimes it gets a bit needy and then we kind of have to you know 
step away from it a little a bit put it in the corner for a bit because it's so much of a part of our lives mm. you know me and Sue's are working together um it it's uh, you know we're living together we're working together it, it it is so much a part of our lives that we need to it yeah I don't quite know what I'm trying to say sorry Fiona not at all <laughs> there might be a little break there uh, there's a couple of things I want to kind of follow up on but the first is so what is it like working with your wife so intensely it's it's amazing you know Susie Sue's joined the business in 2013 her background very much in corporate admin world Susie's background has really helped to uh, make the business what it is you know I'm yeah. uh, and Susie's a fantastic photographer as well and she'll cringe when she listens back to this but she is she's great she's got such a, a gentle eye um, when she's taking photographs and I'm always encouraging her to to take more because she sometimes doesn't um, feel that she has that but she she's amazing she was my second shooter at weddings and what she brought out that moments that I wasn't seeing so we actually although we have a very similar style and outlook creatively she brings something different to the business as well but from a um, from a kind of a, an admin point of view she's the one that keeps the business going you know I go out and take the photos and uh, and and uh, I do the filming now and Susie keeps everything ticking over and it's you know we didn't actually ever and we laugh about this we didn't actually ever have that conversation we never sat down and said what's it going to be like working together you know we mm. didn't have a conversation around that it just happened um Sue's left her job in Leeds and then we started working together in 2013 and we've got a little office um and now during lockdown I guess it's we, we're just kind of doing what we can at home because with a, a toddler a two-year-old at home as well Susie is mainly doing all the childcare, but she's still keeping the business going you know kind of doing the invoicing and all the background work hmm. so it works really well we've got a different skill set um and she actually likes that side of, of 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 the work as well she loves doing systems and admin so we're we're it's a good coupling it is it, it really is <laughs> in life and in general for business it's really good um, I, I see and I see that working with you how well you complement each other and I think it goes back to a bit what you were saying about you're always moving and you're you're one of the most creative people that I know and that I work with in the sense mm. you're always always creating and I think that that's so key to businesses like I think I think creative businesses are creative like they're fueled by creativity and you need that mm. but then you also do need the sort of you know as you say you know Susie sort of reins you in a little bit. You do need that sort of like that other I side do, where yeah. it needs to be balanced. Um, and I think that's why it, why it works so well. Yeah, I mean, you know, talking about that, that creative side of things, you know, um, how projects are really important to the way I work to the point where the projects are almost more important than the work work because if I'm allowing myself to grow and develop in that way it feeds into my work i'm feeding myself i'm nourishing myself creatively um you know photography is such a an integral part of my life it's it, it's how i show up and make sense of it it's how i express myself you know sometimes when i can't i <laughs> this is ironic i was going to say when i can't articulate myself in words <laughs> When I can't articulate myself in words, I can take a picture. Yeah. It's like, it, it's an expression of who I am and, um, and it gives me focus. And so the projects are really important. And um, I'd be doing projects all the time. So it, it, Sue's kind of, you know, we do sit down and we do plan. And I say this month, I'll, I'll do such and such a project. Um, and, you know, real work has evolved from from doing projects so during lockdown i've done individual projects but i've done collaborative uh, collaborative projects as well with with people um films and photos because connections uh, are so important as well to me uh, and in all areas of the business you know on our shoots there's there's collaborations and connections with people but we like connecting with other artists and photographers and filmmakers as well, because it can be quite, as I'm sure you appreciate, mm. you know, being self-employed, it can be quite lonely. 
so as much as we can do you know together with other people uh, and finding that that community and i know i've gone off on a tangent but it seemed important to kind of talk about that at this in this point in no, our conversation. you haven't it makes sense and I, I sort of wonder whether the projects are sort of what keeps your your relationship with photography because obviously when you turn anything that you're passionate about into a business and into a job there is always sort of a friction there or something gets lost mm. and I just wonder whether it's like how how has your relationship with photography changed by turning it into a business and, and are the projects what sort of keeps it keeps it going mm. yeah they are key to my business they're key to the business. Um, I think when, you know, when, when I got that money from grandma and I was kind of starting out uh, with my camera, um, at that point in my life, I, I was, and it's something we've talked about, I was having mm -hmm. a lot of panic attacks and a lot of anxiety and having photography, um, not only was it, giving me that expression of who I am, but it also gave me focus. So whenever I kind of held my camera to my eye, my anxiety levels actually reduced. So it, this, and I know I'm not quite answering your question, but it's, it has become this part of my life that, um, that is so integral to who I am as a person. So all these projects that I do, I never force a project. I'm, you know, I, I said before that I try and stay curious and I'm always listening. There's always something, and it usually comes from me either, either in the bath or going out for a walk in nature. Cause I always seem to come back to nature as my inspiration um and how i'm reacting to that place or location or landscape at, at this at that time i'll always take a flask of tea uh, and a notepad that's really important mm -hmm. to me and i'll write down the projects that i want to do and i just post them on you know at the moment our little back bedroom they're all over the wall the projects that i want to do and you know some will rise to the surface a little bit louder than the others you know, I like that kind of analogy of panning for gold. Mm. Projects that speak to the most are, are <laughs> sometimes, you know, um, either working with other people. Uh, so I really like call and response projects. Um, and that's one I've done during lockdown. Um, but I know that the projects that we've done, actually we've, we've, we have gained work from, from these projects because the clients have told us they've seen us making um, you know, cups of tea films, mm. or they, they've seen other projects like, yeah, we want to hire you on the basis of that, not on some of the other work that you're posting, but actually who you are as a person. We want to work with you because you're expressing yourself in this mm. way. So yeah, they're crucial to, to my business, but I never force them. I'll never force them, you know. Um, and if I'm trying to force an idea, I just have to sit down with that and say, why, why am I, why am I doing that? Why am I trying to do that? Who am I trying to impress with that idea? Yeah. Because that's not quite me. Hmm. So I'm always think, listening to my heart, I guess. And I think that's just at the heart of your photography is I always like, it's, it's just so you like, it's just, and, and, and in everything that you do, whether it is the sort of the brand work or the family, hmm. it, it all just sort of feels like you to me. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, it's a conversation that we, you know, we have online and with our clients as well, that there is this, there can still be this um, juxtaposition between what I want to do creatively um, and the expectancy from maybe family clients. You know, when I'm working with families, um, I want to be showing them how I'm working creatively and I know that a lot of families actually that the, 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 some of the families we've worked with since we've started so um 10 years ago when we first did family shoots we worked with families then and they're still booking us now but our style has vastly changed over those years and and they've grown with us and I love that that they've put their trust in us um and as our style has changed they've changed with us 
you know they're 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 investing in us as artists and that's a word that i really struggled with for a while calling myself an artist but that is what we're doing we're creating art for families mm, you are and and that when we haven't got stuck in one style that we are maybe associated with that we've morphed and changed and and it's come from an authentic place you know at the moment i'm having a new love affair with film photography mm. so a lot of the stuff that i'm i'm doing digitally uh, for families um i'm kind of replicating that film stuff but then i'm thinking why am i trying to replicate film photography why don't i just do film photography for for families so we're exploring that at the moment and that's what excites me about the business that it can morph it can change it grows it develops um and these little steps become you know we're not making a ma we're not making massive changes it just comes from a place of experimenting um, from an old film camera that i had on the shelf um for ages and then just loaded up a roll of film in it the other day and getting them back and thinking wow there's so much freedom and movement in those shots that maybe i'm not quite getting my digital photography anymore so doing that film photography is feeding into our work work Mm. And you've also, so two of the sort of ways in which your business has sort of morphed recently or in the last sort of few years is into filmmaking mm -hmm. and the mentoring side of things. So maybe if we just talk a little bit about the filmmaking mm. side of things and how that sort of came out, because you were sort of quite, you were one of the early, early adopters and early sort of, um, mm. I don't, yeah. know, I don't want to be like trendsetters. That's, that seems really sort of that's not. No, what it's it, all right. We can. But we can you, say can, that, you, but... Can, you can be a trendsetter. Um, but you you led you really led that. I think. Yeah. I. Yeah. I guess yeah. so. Um, okay. I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, we. I I got a new camera uh, in 2015, and I realised that it had. Um, video capabilities I didn't buy it because it had that and me and Suze just went out one night and we were doing some kind of sunset tests um, again Suze was being my my model and my muse <laughs> and then I thought oh we'd just done a few test shots I'm really happy with it we're just about to get back in the car actually and I thought oh I'm just gonna flick it into this video mode and see what I get and that was it it was like oh my goodness I can fall in love with this. And I was just filming, I remember it, we were by this uh, beautiful reservoir, and I was just filming some like grasses with the water and the light hitting the water in the background. Mm. I was like, oh, this is okay. This is making a lot more sense. Because I guess like, since I was really little, I've always been really visual um never academic but really visual I, I used to see so many kind of films i used to make up like films in my head and me and my sister would make little scripts and and in that moment when i was filming this grass kind of wafting in in the breeze and the light kind of reflecting on the water it's like <gasps> and i did i did this massive kind of intake of breath thought this this is it this is it and i just saw in that moment how making films could be this natural extension of the photography business so again i went into this you know i don't know if you've ever seen the matrix but when they kind of plug in new programs and i was like that i just go into this like i've got to learn everything i've got to absorb everything i've got to just take in everything so that's what i did i kind of i took some time out um uh, I think uh, I was lucky at that point that we had we had a little bit of space in the schedule I was like this is it two weeks I've, I've, I've got to learn filming so I just went out every morning every afternoon every night filming everything around the house probably driving Sue's bonkers until I thought right okay this is it um, and I was just making films for us at that point until I felt confident that we could then um, offer it up as, as part of the business. But I love it. I love it. And I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still developing style. And that has morphed over the last few years. Um, you know, the, in the first, in the first few years, I don't know if I've told you this, but um, I was freelancing with my filming. So it's basically, I got a lens, but I detach it from the camera so the lens is not attached to the camera and it sounds bonkers um but it just made sense to me at that point in my style 
that I was creating this dreamy ethereal feel to my films because it lets it it has really weird focus points and it lets in these kind of crazy light leaks so for the first four years I didn't have my lens attached to my camera and I used to have to kind of warn clients before I turn up that it, it might look a bit funny because my lens isn't actually attached to the camera but just trust me please so, so, <laughs> so, what, so you sort of hold the lens in front of the camera yeah and wiggle it about basically and then you get these really weird like little light leaks and weird focus points and it just at that point and my style has evolved from then so I don't really free lens anymore now when I'm filming um you know if there's future clients listening I do have my <laughs> lens attached to my camera <laughs> um, but it, it just made sense to me at that time so I went with it um, yeah. so that all you know a lot of my films that I've got on Vimeo and a lot of stuff that we sh we um, we shared initially on Instagram that was all this free lensing technique it's good everybody should have a go to it it's great it's it's very freeing and again yeah. that came from me taking photos and I was just kind of getting um, stagnant a little bit in my style so I started free lensing with my photography I was like wow a whole new world kind of opened up because our work at that point did have that dreamy ethereal um uh essence of childhood feel that mm. um it, it, it yeah it, it kind of gave me all the feels but yeah but it's changed it's changed again um you know I'll do it occasionally but I feel it, it, it's kind of evolved from that but yeah it's a great technique it's, it's, it sounds amazing I just I, I, again I'm just sort of in awe of your creativity in that sense um so the, so the other part is the mentoring side and how so mm. how did that sort of come about so again there's always a little story so a few years we um we live in a, a really nice part of the world and there's a, a wonderful national trust location not too far away from here and the events officer there we'd kind of got to know each other a little bit and she asked me if I'd like to run a workshop um it's probably in about 2011 2012 and I was like oh, I don't know do I and I just you know I like to I do like to challenge myself so I said yes um and created this and it was a workshop for for beginners to photography really and so I ran it for the day and the first half hour, I mean, it was probably shambolic. I was so nervous. My legs literally were, were shaking. Uh, you, people could probably hear my knees clicking together. And then something happened after that first half hour. Um, there were about 15 people there. And uh, people were having these moments with their cameras for the first time. I was kind of hopefully describing the technical side of it because I had so many issues with it. I was, I, I was describing it in my own kind of Sarah layman terms of, uh, of what worked for me and just seeing people then having these you know these light bulb moments I guess and then we'd kind of go out and take some photos so it came from that and I became uh, uh, it was quite um, it became quite an addictive feeling that 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 sense that I was sharing sharing um, our skills my skills with people and from then I went back to Sue's that night after running it um, I said I think this could be part of the business you know I think we can run workshops and it took a little bit of time to to get all that together so you know now we I mean not so much now we've had to cancel a few in-person workshops over this time but that's evolved mm -hmm. as well and now we've been doing you know full-on all-day zoom workshops that have worked really well for photography and for filmmaking um, and the mentoring we do in a, a, a couple of different ways. That's, you know, as, as, you, as, as we do with you, it's like over Zoom or Skype. And we work with people over three or six months and, and we work with a, a range of people. So people who maybe want to take better pictures of their own products, if they're an artist or maker, people who are just starting out on their photography journeys, people who are setting up their photography businesses and people who've had businesses for a while and, and feel a little bit stuck in the weeds and, and want some outside help um, uh, with, with going forward. So we love it. We love working with people in that way. It's, it's opened up so much to our business. It's made us 
also, we get so much out of it as well. Mm. Um, and my mum is taking all credit because she used to be a teacher. So she thinks she's <laughs> kind of passed on those genes to me. But, you know, that's mum. <laughs> and she'll be listening to this. So, oh, heck. Sorry, Hi, mum. Hi, mum. <laughs> Hi, mum. <laughs> um, I, think, I think one of the things that makes you so unique in your mentoring and your teaching is your sort of uh, insistence that you don't, you're not teaching people to take photographs like you. You want them Mm-mm. to sort of really develop their own Absolutely. style and their own eye. Yeah, we do a lot of, ex, you know, that that getting to your why is, but it is, it's all about that. And there's a few exercises we, of course, like people come to us, I guess, because they're, they're attracted to our style or maybe what we're talking about, but it is really important for us to, to really get to the heart of somebody and how they're expressing themselves as an artist. Um, and some people that we're working with at the moment, they have this particular style that, and they kind of feel stuck in it. So, and it's hard when you're in that and you, you know, it's really hard when you're in that by yourself. You know, I've got mm-hmm. Sue's, I guess, to bounce off. Um, but it's it's hard when you've got those blinkers on and you you it, it and we kind of come in I guess and we're just there to to talk to going back going back to what lit you up in the first place as a photographer what did you want to bring into the world at the you know in the, in that first instance mm. and we can forget that sometimes so it's just coming back you know getting in, back in touch with that yeah, I, mean, I think uh, I think part of the reason why people forget it and lose sight of it is because, and I and I, you know, I'm obviously not an expert here, but I wonder, like, you know, we're exposed to so many people's photography all the time mm. now via mm. Instagram, maybe mainly, and there's all this sort of input, and I think that it has led to there sort of being these sort of trends where mm-hmm. everything starts to look very similar. And yeah. It, it- I mean, we, we've had conversations about this, haven't we, as well? But, we have. And all, all our mentoring conversations, ours, they always come back to Instagram. Um, and I love Instagram. I love Instagram for, um, for the community. But it, it, and, uh, but it can zap energy and time as well. And, and we, yeah, we have these conversations around Instagram and, um, and to the point where some people are kind of afraid to post um, mm. because they're not quite sure whether that photograph is going to be the right thing to post, you know, um, that we, and we've done it, we've done this. So that's why I feel I can talk about it, that sometimes we might post things because we know it's going to do well or that it's going to fit in to a certain look. But ultimately I just feel that, that we're diluting who we are as artists. Mm. Um you know, we used to curate our feed a little bit more, but now we just post what we want. Um, and we'll show, and another thing that's really important to us is we'll show our process and we'll show experiments. You know, we'll, we'll show stuff that we've been doing with one of the old film cameras, or we'll just show, rather than the finished film, we'll show some of the clips that we're working on. Um, mm. And actually something, I don't know if we've talked about it, but something that I've learned fairly recently um is when i'm posting on instagram that i actually think about what i'm going to say first so i'll write something first and then fit a photograph to what i'm saying because um our captions have almost become uh more important than our photos and i know that sounds a bit bonkers because instagram it's all about photos but actually our words are, are really important to get our message across it's, yeah, and it's about what you're saying. But I think there is a real honesty to your photography. And when you sort of were speaking earlier about working with families and perhaps maybe not sort of, were, you know, there being sort of different expectations, I think I think that you, from what, you know, from what I can, you have a real desire to take, to, to show things as they are in mm. all their sort of messiness and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not insta-perfectness. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. Um, and that's, I think that's not the hard bit, but it's, it's how I want to remember our life now, mine and Susie's life with our little girl, Olive, um, that it's all the things around us 
uh, you know, maybe the beaker that she's drinking out of or the little Peter Rabbit bowl that she's having her food out of. Um, and yeah, it's all those elements in, um, because we predominantly take photographs in people's homes, which is kind of hard at the moment. Um, but, uh, but it's all the elements of home that really speak to me. It's like, you know, I, I talk about kind of how the light is on the stairs. Stairs are really important to me. Um, and uh, kitchen tables are really important to me. These, 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 these places that see so much life. Mm. So I don't want to see like a pristine kitchen table. I want to see like, yeah, you've just had your meal or you're just about to sit down for your meal and there's a pile of books and the shopping hasn't quite been put away or, you know, cause that's real life. I don't want to, I don't want to dilute it um, and see it through. I don't, yeah, I don't want to see life through a filter anymore. I guess to a point we we kind of are doing a little bit of, you know, would anybody really want to see, I don't know, like loads of, uh, oh, I've gone off on one, sorry, love. No, no, you haven't, because I think what you're saying is so, is what I really want to get yeah. to. And so, also, and it leads into this, into your re refresh of a brand. Um, yeah, so, the, the, you know, the, the feeling of home is, is integral to who, me and Suze are as people, um, but also now for our business. And it's it's always been there. We're just now calling it, so, you know, it's been given mm. a name. We've always been attracted by this, this feeling of home, that it's, it's not just the people in it. It's actually, um, it's actually the things around you that tell your story as well. You know, when my mum and dad, and this is a story I've, I've told a few times of people, followers, but when mum and dad moved out of my childhood home um, a few years ago, it, it was it was almost like I went through a grieving process because mm. there was so much of me and my childhood in that home. Um, you know, kind of seminal years uh, of life. So it, it stemmed from that. It stemmed from that that I did this kind of personal project and me in each room and wrote about things that had happened in each of those rooms. And there's this really simple picture and we've actually got it uh, downstairs on the wall. It's this really simple picture of a placemat and a knife and fork on each side. And it's like my placemat where I used to sit mm. at the table for family meals. And I'm the oldest, so my sister, <laughs> and I used to look out into the garden and then my sister had her back to the garden because she was the youngest. So she wasn't rewarded with that view. She was rewarded <laughs> with a view of me. But, but that simple photograph of that placemat means, oh, it means so much. Mm. It means so much. It sums up so much for me just in that one photograph and the way the light is. And I can smell the table and I can hear mum putting the mats out and like the kind of the hubbub going on in the kitchen. There's everything in that placemat. Because if you think about it, how much time have you spent at that placemat? Mm. And all like, the conversation we've had, you know, yeah. some of them not particularly nice, some of them kind of family arguments around that table. I heard all those, and, and me doing my homework there, and mm. then mum coming down to do the crossword, dad coming down to do um, his books, you know, do the accounts uh my sister kind of playing with you know playing with the dolls and, and and us doing paintings and writing cards happy birthday cards and christmas cards on that table There's so much happened on that table mm. um but just that place might seem to just sum it up so yeah that feeling of home really came from mom and dad moving out of my childhood home and this this desire for me to um want to create photographs for for families now that they can look at but for their kids that mm. they can look at these photographs in years to come and think wow this is this is the home I grew up in and these are the things that were around me at that time this is how the light was on on the stairs you know this is mm. how the those were the books that were on the bookshelf at that time it just seems so important to me it, and it's, it's so, it, it, they're real memories I think that's what's mm. so key and actually I thought about you and this sort of this sort of conversation that we have when because mm. I 
had some time in Wales recently with my family mm. and while I was there I didn't have my proper camera with me but I had my iPhone and I was sort of taking a lot of photos with Instagram in mind so I was taking like you know close-ups of pretty things and everything and I mm. thought actually when I got home and I was looking through my photos I was like I didn't mm. actually take any photographs of it really affected what I took photographs of and I really yeah. wish I'd taken more photographs of the not of not yeah. such nice things because yeah, I, I, I and I kind of was kicking myself a bit afterwards but I think that's a mindset that we get into a lot is that we're so we take photographs with Instagram in mind and we don't take the photographs the sort of photographs that appeared that, that my mum's photo albums are full of absolutely which is yeah. sort of us and people and some of them aren't very flattering and some of them you know aren't but they're the ones it's like a photograph of me on a oh my mum will tell me off so I'm gonna get it wrong I think it's an overnight train up to Scotland and I'm like sat on the top bunk in my nighty eating a croissant and like it's just a croissant everywhere <laughs> around, all around my face and it's and it's one of those photos that like you know it doesn't look particularly you know it's awful oh, lighting it's like first thing in the morning but it's yeah but I love that I love that because it's it's a real moment and and it becomes a talking point mm. you know it becomes this family talking point you know at the moment I'm obsessed by dust flecks well mm. I have been for a while but more so at the moment maybe just because we're not doing enough dusting I don't know but <laughs> it's almost giving us an excuse not to dust um because I'm doing a lot of filming and uh taking photos because uh, there's something about dust flecks uh, mm. when they're kind of dancing in that early morning light that just gives me all the feels but that's real you know mm. we all have dust let's show we it do. we do we really do <laughs> i can make dust look really nice maybe i should put that on my on my business card well, we'll, we'll put that and we'll write a copy about that <laughs> your new tagline making dust look nice <laughs> oh my goodness amazing oh. breakthrough <laughs> exactly yeah but i love it uh, you know I'm, I'm kind of joking about it but dust does actually um figure quite a lot in in my work mm. uh i just it gives this other dimension to to it it's kind of these magical elements you know there's magic in in the everyday stuff you know there's yeah. magic in dust <laughs> There is. And by, you know, and we lose, I mean, I think there's sort of a bigger conversation there about the things that we value and the things that yeah. we don't. And, you know, there is magic in the ordinariness of every day. And that's Absolutely. what we spend 99.9% .9 of our lives in the sort of everydayness. Yeah. But it's the stuff that isn't documented. Yeah. And I think actually during lockdown, uh it's brought it out of us a little bit more because we've you know predominantly been staying at home uh and we, uh, i've maybe been noticing a little bit more about our own house and how the light is um we've been spending a lot of time at the sink washing our hands so you know i've been documenting that because you know olive probably won't remember this time in her life she might have a few kind of sketchy memories, but I want her to to know that this, you know, when she, you know, she was two yesterday, and her second birthday, we we had this global pandemic, and we were in a local lockdown. Um, yeah. So it seems it seems really important to me to not just document the the beautiful and you know the, the highlights it, that we can document just real stuff. Um, mm. I hope you got um, yeah. some photos of you and Susan the paddling pool <laughs> in Ola's paddling pool. No, nobody needs to see that. But <laughs> yeah, we do have some selfies. I think we should. <laughs> yeah, we we're not very good on dimensions, so we ordered a, a paddling pool that was a little bit larger than we'd expected, and um, yeah, we can pretty much do a few strokes swimming in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and Olive's not bothered by it, so me and Sue just go in there. I know. I like I, what I like. What you're missing is you ordered it for Olive. <laughs> all right uh, did i tell you about the killer whale that we ordered no oh my goodness so we thought it was going to be like a foot long it's it's come it's six foot long so it's like we haven't even bothered to blow it up actually it's just, take a oh, lot of air this is ridiculous <laughs> we always get our dimensions slightly wrong 
It's so easy to do though. I've got the, I've got oh. the biggest jar of mustard you've ever seen in my kitchen <laughs> because I didn't order avocado and I didn't check the size. And I have I live on my own and I have mustard in dressings occasionally, and that's it really. Oh and I think I've like made like the tiniest little indent, but it's taking up <laughs> half my fridge. <laughs> yeah think oh, about some recipes good. that we can pass on to you with mustard in them yeah please do <laughs> um okay we should wrap up so i um ask everyone what is the what's been the hardest thing for you about living life a little differently hmm. i don't know i i guess we're still working on it um i guess it's it's maybe thinking a little differently and we're very realistic with what we can achieve you know especially at this time with a toddler but we're we're learning to accept this so there's been a shift of focus from what we haven't got yet mm. or achieved yet and we're trying to focus on how we'd like to live our life I guess um you know, not, try not to give ourselves a hard time because that has, we have done that. Uh, me mm. in particular, I have done that. And there's, you know, I, I guess we're, we're at peace with it a little bit more now and that we have that belief that we can do anything, but not everything. So we, we let things go and they might come back later on. Um, and I guess we're just learning to be more productive with the time we have. I was, I was thinking about this last night and I don't know if you've ever seen this TED talk there's this guy he's a designer called oh. Stefan Sagmeister I think and I don't know if you've ever seen it but he he works for seven years and then takes a year out sabbatical and wow. I just think that's such so he kind of does this um uh, talk about you know uh, when we retire we have these so many years so what he wants to do is take those years and actually um intersect working mm. lives with the, with those years so uh, you know one year out, i think it's one year out of seven or one year out of eight he'll take a full year off and then feed himself nourish it, uh, you know his creativity and i guess we're working we're working towards you know if we're thinking about kind of a year that maybe out of um uh, the year that we have one month off in the yeah. year and 11 we're working and we'll take that full month off and we, you know that's we that's kind of we haven't achieved that yet but we're certainly hoping to to head towards that um, mm. i think it's i think it's really key to kind of keep to always sort of go back to you know why are you doing this why are you working for yourself mm. you know it's because obviously it's because of your love of photography but it's also to have that flexibility yeah. and to you know to me it, it you know it's being able to take time off when I need it you know I've got a week week off coming up soon because my parents are moving house mm. and I want to be around to help them move um yeah of course you know and I think being able to do that and not have to answer to anyone is really yeah key. but it is but it's hard longer pardon work smarter not longer exactly ethos. yeah which I really believe in because I also think that you don't I, I you don't necessarily get that much done that much more done by working longer anyway no. Um, no. and what you're trying to prove is like it's just burnout you know my mm. energy levels are low as it is with you know kind of the the world where we're in yeah. at the moment and that I need to really watch myself uh, on that level so yeah it's just fine being more productive in the time that we have and giving myself a, you know it seems crazy saying allowing myself time off but if it, it, in those uh times that you know if i give myself 10 minutes to go out for a walk around the block it's amazing what that can do for mm. me mm. Um, and i didn't used to do that but now i, I it's it's become integral to my working day that i i do have that yeah. time to feed um, back in and what what is the best thing for you about living life a little differently? Mm. I guess that it's given us the it's given us freedom. You know, it's given us freedom to be creative. It gives us freedom to to be able to take time off when we want to take time off. You know, if we we're, we're lucky I guess if we haven't got shoots booked in obviously but if we've got if there's a nice day um 
that we feel that we can take that time out now and mm. maybe go for a little picnic or a little poodle in the car. Um, that it has given us space uh, to to nourish our creativity mm. um, and spend time, you know, as a family together. You mm. know, we feel very lucky. I never take this for granted. I feel very lucky that I'm doing something that I love. Mm. Um, and sometimes, uh, as I described before, that business, you know, become quite all demanding. And in those moments, it's like, you know, it's like, why are we doing this? But just taking some time out and reassessing and thinking and then working with people you know like you just to make us see what we've achieved and and where we'd like where we'd like to be um i hope that answers your question <laughs> it does it does um sarah thank you so much for talking to me today it's been an absolute joy i've loved it thank, thank you. you so much too i wish i had a kettle here because i would have brewed up again <laughs> and you can tell you can tell susie that you didn't ramble too much didn't I? Are you sure? I'm sure. I'm sure. But thank you. And um, no, thank you. It was yeah. It was really good to chat. So thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. If you would like to find out more about Sarah's filmmaking and photography, then you can go to www.sarahmasonphotography.com, and you can follow her over on Instagram at sarahmasonphotouk. Um, but don't worry I'll put links to both of those in the show notes as she mentioned they have a filmmaking course coming out later this year that I just know is going to be fantastic so please do look out for that I will be back next Monday with a conversation that was a little emotional to record um, so please do listen then in the meantime I'd love it if you could rate review and subscribe to this podcast and perhaps follow me over on Instagram as well I'm at F Barrows and if you have any thoughts on this interview or the podcast in general then please do send me an email I'd love to hear from you you can find my address on my website www.fionabarrows.com thank you again so much for listening and take care